Oh, hey everybody. I didn't see you there. <laughs> What's up? Welcome back to Talking with Andrew and Chris. I am Andrew. And I'm Chris. That's Chris right there. <laughs> you get used I, to I'm it. Never, Look how quickly I'm, I can do it. Check it out. See? Like I go so fast now, I'm off the I'm screen. Never, I never I'm never gonna get used to it. I did I'm doing this and recording another show like at the same time and I always first point the wrong way. Because I'm but also you know on the other on the other show, I'm on the side you're on. And on this show, I'm on this side. You know what does blow my mind about that, though? What? Up is still up. And down is still down. That's you true. would think, in a perfect world, that the inverse would be the same across both horizontal and vertical. Why am I speaking I with so much pauses in my voice right now? This is very weird. Because as soon as you hit that record button... Whether you like it or not, Podcast Chris comes out. Is that... Have you noticed that? I've heard that from a few people at this point. I don't... Who is he then, I guess, is what I want to know. Not to make <laughs> it all about me. That was not the intent. Who's Podcast Chris? I mean, hey, we might as well unpack it. You, you well, open up that can of worms. Here's what I'll say. Podcast Chris wants... He doesn't like silence, for one. He wants everyone to just, uh, you know... He doesn't want people to uh, linger, if you will, on a thought. He likes to keep the th- he likes to keep the party and the conversation moving. He likes to keep everyone in good spirits. Uh, he just likes to keep things moving. He doesn't like to stagnate, you know. I like uh, that. That that, and he also um, I don't know how it's possible, but I think podcast Chris went to more college than regular Chris did because he uses some very like quote unquote smart words that I feel <laughs> my friend Chris doesn't sprinkle into normal conversation, which I appreciate. I don't want him to, but. Yeah. There's just times where I'm like, where did this word come from? Like you, I know where you went to school. You went to film school. They're not using those words. No, not at all. They, they, they literally just talk about shutter speed and panning all day long. And it's like, dude, it's I it. get it, That's man. it. And, and I can vouch. I do hang out with one of my former film professors. Shout out Patrick Huber. We've become good friends since. And I got to say, Pat, if you're listening, you might be. Citizen Kane does not have to come up in every discussion, man. Like it's Ooh. it's a great film, but it, it's you can't bring everything in life back to it. Okay, so chill out. Chill out. There are other great movies. Okay, you ever heard of Schindler's List? You ever heard of Jurassic Park? Two off the top of my head, both Spielberg. Maybe there's my bias showing, but you know what? It's they're both great movies as well, Pat. You can you can work other things and other film professors for that matter into the conversation. But you know, Andrew, I do hate Dead Air. It mm-hmm. kills me. It's not that it's awkward. I mean, sometimes you do need to take a moment to think, but that's just not really how I want to do it here on the Talking Podcast Network. You know, uh, if true, yeah, like stagnation is deflation in my mind. In in terms <laughs> of podcasting, you know, and yeah, I, I mean, I, as your co-host, I appreciate that attitude because it makes my job extremely easy. Because I don't ever have to worry like, oh shit, I need to make sure that as soon as our guest stops talking, I have something to say. Because even if I have something to say, you're just like, wow, that's great. And then I have a follow up question to that. I'm like, dude, I, how did you even get there from that question? That's insane to me. Right, like, and, and you know, Mac Miller said very, uh, very early on, he's got a he's got a line from uh, his kids. I think they call them mixtapes in the in the hip hop world. Yeah, mixtapes, and uh, that just shows how out of touch I am with that type of music. Um, and and it's uh, from the song Outside, and I've always kind of felt like this was 
attributed to me. Like I understand what he means by this. And so podcast Chris, because normal Chris would never dive this much into himself. Podcast Chris wants to know if you agree with when Mac Miller says, I got the gift of gab, something that you wish you had. Does that equate to podcast Chris? <laughs> um, actually, yeah, hundred percent. Because I know that, like, I'm the main host on this show, but you, I feel like you, you probably do more of like the the talk, the host talking, if you will. You know, like the transition segues, if you will. And uh, I have, I'm recording. You know, I'm starting another show for this network, and I'm doing more of the talking on that one. And let me tell you, I thought that it wouldn't be that hard because I talk a lot, but it's kind of hard and it gave me like, not that I didn't respect you, but I found new respect for you and just thanks for doing everything you do on the show. Cause I can't do it right now. Well, Hey man, I, I still honestly haven't listened to that episode yet. I, um, uh, apologize, but I will get around to checking it out, but I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's great. Do you want to, you know, just talk about that real quick since you kind of brought it up. I mean, and you say you're not good at segues, but you know, just <laughs> let people know a little bit. We won't plug too much here. We'll, we'll kind of get into the meat and the potatoes, no, no. but since you yeah. brought it up, I mean, I, since I brought it up, I'll give a I'll give a little thing about it. Um, basically, I am starting another podcast with my friend Sarah, aka Sparkleful on Twitch, Twitch.tv/Sparkleful. If you want to check her out, um, we're going to be talking. It's going the show is called Anime Forenzu, which I hope loosely translates to Anime Friends because that's what yeah I'm I'm hitting it all right. That's what the internet told me, and I hope the internet wouldn't lie to me. So. That's what it's called. Uh, we're going to be watching anime shows. We're going to be talking about anime. You know, like, is so-and-so an anime or not? Best anime tournaments, you know, anime waifus, lots of topics. Uh, we're starting out with a classic series, Death Note. It's kind of short. It's amazing. So keep your eye out for that because it's coming out pretty soon, and I think it's going to be a good time. What is a waifu? Uh, well, I don't want to get into too much detail, but you know, it sounds like the word wife and that's basically what it means. It's just like the, right. an anime girl that you wouldn't mind spending the rest of your life with, you know, the male version of that is Hosbando. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. Waifu and Hosbando. For me, I have to go with, uh, uh, Sakura from Naruto. True. I think that'd be pretty rad. But that anyways, be rad. before we get into today's topic, um, I, I've been listening to something that is completely the opposite of what we're going to be speaking about today, the, the exact opposite side of okay. the musical spectrum and also kind of the side that the community we're going to be talking about today credits for, um, I'd say, their uh, step backwards out of the, the limelight. Sure, this community we're going to be talking about today is still doing well and, and thriving and is still one of the major players in the music scene, but they once were the number one, and now they're not. I've been listening, though, to Deontwood a little bit like they're so good dude i am i'm obsessed oh, right man. now you it's like just, babies on fire huh that whole record is awesome i want to actually check out some of the newer stuff it's just so interesting it's i like, don't think i uh i don't think i ever listened to that whole album i've only heard babies on fire and i think you freaky which yeah, are the their two biggest songs so that dude, the album's sense. really good there's this song called so what on the on the album and it's funny because i got into them by listening, uh, by watching Neil Blomkamp's Chappie. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with Chappie? I am familiar. I've heard bad things about it, but I've never seen it. But I've also heard bad things about plenty of movies that I love. So, Yeah, Chappie is incredible. Okay, I remember really liking it when it first came out, and I wanted to go back and rewatch <laughs> yeah. it. Didn't you guys just do that on the Talking TV one? 
Um, I'm going to be on a watch along. Um, well, I already was on a watch along last Friday night uh, on over at my buddy Flix Talks channel. Shout out Flix. Uh, David, um, as I call him, to uh, celebrate Chappie. And, uh, you know, Neil Blomkamp also did Julesium with Matt Damon. And he also did District 9, which is a crazy wild body horror type film. And oh, so District 9 is, is sick. Wasn't that um, wasn't that Peter Jackson? Uh, no, 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 no. That was Neil Blomkamp. He, those are like his big three movies and he hasn't really worked in Hollywood since he's kind of been, you're right. I'm thinking of something else. He's kind of been like, <clears throat> he got a lot of hate for, I think taking a lot of risk and Dude. it's so weird. Cause he's like a South African filmmaker. And right. so it made sense that Deontwood are cast as some of the leads in, uh, you know, Chappie. It takes place mm-hmm. in South Africa. Dude, and- before we get past District 9, I just want to say, since you brought it up, when I first saw that movie, when I when it came out, I remember we rented it and watched it at home. And I was like, I don't understand anything that's going on in this movie. Turn it off. And we watched maybe the first third of it. And I was like, turn the shit off. This is bad. And then I don't remember why. But then like. Like a few years later, I was like, eh, I didn't even watch this movie. Let me watch it. And then I watched it and I was like, oh my God, this movie's amazing. What was wrong with me? Right? It's so good. It's crazy. Everyone hates on Neil Blomkamp. I literally think he is one of the most creative filmmakers out there. Like the premise of Chappie, a police robot gets rebooted, put an artificial intelligence inside of it. And it's like, it's, it's growing up as like a little kid and it's so weird. And it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. It's pretty good. And, uh, and it's just like, yeah, okay. I can see how maybe it's like, I don't know, off putting to people, but visually it's stunning. I think it's really cool to like live in South Africa. And it, I think they really do a good job of showing you like Johannesburg. And it, it's just, I think it's incredibly creative and Dion Twitter in that movie and in their 2012 album, that, that film is from 2015. They have a song called, so what? And at the end, they shout out Neil Blomkam. So I wonder if they were laying the groundwork. Usually films start getting cast and worked mm-hmm. on like three to four years in advance. It's really cool. It's right, really the pre-production. Cool. So they all must be like rock stars over there, you know, right, in their right. country. Because Deontwood Twitter are huge in their Wait, country. They're like the biggest. Who's the, um, who's the big, the big, like the biggest actor in Chappie? Because I think I'm confusing Chappie with Real Steel. So Chappie, you have Sigourney Weaver. You have Hugh Jackman. You have Dev oh, Patel. It is Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Okay. So those are like three huge names, you know? Right, right, right. Like it's mm. not just one big actor. That's the thing no, about yeah. it. And Hugh mm. Jackman plays like I guess the quote unquote antagonist. And you also have, you know, I don't know their names, but the uh the two uh the guy and the girl from uh Deontwood. And it's just dude, it's such a good film. And it's so Dude, wait, hold on. Based. Hugh Jackman is the lead in Real Steel also. What is this guy doing? You know what? I'm not familiar with Real Steel. What what's Real uh, Real Steel is like I haven't seen it in a very long time, but from what I remember, you know what? I just had it up. I'll just give you the tiny little synopsis. Is it like the Sockham Bottom 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 Robot? Charlie, yeah, Charlie Kenton, Hugh Jackman used to be a prize fighter, but lost his chance to win a title when heavy, towering robots took over the boxing ring. Now working as a small-time promoter, Charlie pieces together scrap metal. So it's just like he used to be really good, and now he has to win using an underdog robot. But that's yeah. what I was thinking of when you said Chappie. And I was like, oh, I'm thinking of Real Steel with Hugh Jackman. And then you were like, no, Hugh Jackman's in Chappie. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, <laughs> this guy likes it's robots. Just, it's just so funny that I got into Deontwood again, sort of outside of then wanting to go and prepare for this Chappie live stream. Mm-hmm. And so they just came together when I got the offer to be on the panel for the Chappie live stream. And I was already kind of listening to 
Deontay it again. And then I'm listening to the album and really getting into it. And they drop his name. And sometimes like the accents are, are pretty thick. It's hard. So I like looked up the lyrics right. and I was like, I mean, I'm pretty sure they said Neil Blomkamp, but I, I'm not entirely sure. Right. And, they could uh, be they saying did. some Afrikaans word you've never heard of or something. Exactly. Exactly. Right. But it was awesome, man. I, I like mm-hmm. great film. Do, They're great actors. Like, the music's so weird. And so I do good. like the sound of their accent, you know, like, yeah, it's awesome. And the dude, way they incorporate all the English and also Afrikaans into their songs and stuff is, yeah, it's like cool. K-pop, what they do and stuff. And, and they're uh, not actually related, right? The two of them? I don't know. I haven't looked up what their relationship with each other is. I mean... I, I know I, in that one music mean, video, they're weird brother and sister, but I think that was just for the video. But like, I believe that yeah. they were related because they look pretty similar. Yeah, I don't I don't know what their relationship is, but I do have to say that like it's like European house mixed with like hip hop, like mixed with like some rock and roll. Like It is such a crazy fusion, what they do. Right. It's just interesting. They're not brother and sister. They got wild okay. names, though. Yeah. Yo- I, Yolandi Visser is the woman. And right, 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 right. Watkin Tudor Jones is the guy, a.k.a. Ninja. Right, that is true. They do shout out Ninja a lot in their songs, so that makes sense. They must be talking about him. Wait, her actual, name, her actual name is Henri Dutois. Okay. I don't know if that was I don't know if I said French, that right. But, but uh... But yeah, no, man, um, not to butcher their names too much, but like if you guys want something super interesting that is hip hop based, but I think falsely advertised as hip hop, check out Deontwood because they are, it's just so creative. Like I can't Mm -hmm. say I like every song, but like it's just a fusion of which I've never heard before. So yeah, Um, with that being said, Andrew, what are we talking about today? Well, it's funny that you said that, you know, you were looking up something for Chappie and found DeAntword because um, similarly, the other night I was expanding my playlist called Master Max Martin by just looking up artists that I figured he wrote for, like Katy Perry and Kesha. And I was on a Kesha album and I was looking through the song credits and I saw this album that I never listened to that had two songs featuring the Eagles of Death Metal, which I was like, Kesha and Eagles of Death Metal. What? And I listened to them and I was like, these songs are pretty sick. And I wouldn't say that like they're really rock and roll songs, but I was like, Eagles of Death Metal are a rocking band. And I looked into them and I looked more into Queens of Stonehenge, looked at all this stuff. And I'm like, rock and roll is very much still here somewhere. Right. But it's not really on, it's definitely not on K104 and it's not on the major radio station. So I'm just wondering like, where is it at? And I know that you're a big fan of rock and roll. So maybe you would know better than I would. Where's all the modern rock, dude? Uh, the modern rock is, uh, for better or for worse, in uh, Spotify playlists, <laughs> and in that's true, and in uh, two thousand to uh, five thousand cap venues across mm. the country, the the that's classics true. or the ones that manage to break through are in the Madison Square Gardens and all that type of stuff. But for the most part, it's uh, I'd say modern rock is trying its best to reinvent itself and mm-hmm. trying its best to uh survive not not quite as extreme i'm being a little dramatic i mean this right. is radio talk radio <laughs> so uh with that being said i mean what's what's your take on all that is it too dramatic like what are you thinking well i mean it sounds a little dramatic just because of the you know the way you phrase it but that's podcast chris doing what he does best you know he keeps there the audience is. keeps the audience entertained well i think part of it there it is 
But I think part of it is like, what do we consider modern rock? Because I was looking into it. And if you just Google modern rock bands, you've got everything from Linkin Park to Stained to Nickelback to Three Days Grace, Papa Roach, Deep Purple comes up. I'm like, I don't know if I would say that's modern. <laughs> Skillet no. is here. Rush is here. You know, no, no, Evanescence. No. I'm like, who, who, who's at Google deciding this? Like, yeah, I'm sure that everything I just listed is a rock band, but modern... You know, Not first so we much. have to first we have to figure out what is modern. Is it dude? I mean, 90s? Tom Sawyer it, came out in is it all of the, That's not too long ago. Is it all the two thousands? Is it just the twenty tens? Like, which is modern? Is it no longer? Is it now just twenty twenty? Since the twenty tens are over, like, what are we considering modern to talk about? You know, like, is the Foo Fighters modern rock since they're still going on, even though they started in the nineties? Like, which is it? Yeah. So I think I have an answer for you, and okay. obviously. If you disagree, let me know. But with that being said, I think that the 2010s really signify modern rock because in the 2000s, you had bands like Evanescence, like Stained, like Seether, like Limp Bizkit, like Papa Roach, still in the top 40s. Even on the punkier side, you had Green Day and you had Blink-182 still mm-hmm. being in rotation on top 40s radio. Sure, right. not as many songs, but like Good Charlotte's Anthem, that was still in the rotation and sure. Yeah. There's the argument of like, you know, punk, all that, that you're talking about a few punk bands. Like you guys don't know anything. Well, it's a mm-hmm. subsection of rock and roll. So it all, I would say, and for the purpose of this conversation would say that it falls under the umbrella of rock because it all stems from, I like to think distorted electric guitars mixed with loud drums mm-hmm. and uh, just some crazy intense vocals. I think that's what rock at its core can be and most of the time is so I, I don't think you can really put those 2000s bands who got to experience stardom who got to be on you know uh howard stern who got to play huge venues some of whom lincoln park have even headlined madison square garden and sold it out in their prime you know have gotten to do things like collaborating with jay-z and whatnot so i really don't think that because those guys still kind of lived like their predecessors, like the Pearl Jams of the 90s, the Nirvanas of the 90s with the stardom level, like mm-hmm. the Bon Jovis and the, you know, and the Twisted Sisters and, and even going further back, the Rushes and the Zeppelins. They still got to experience that, that level, that mantle of rock star, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think the term rock star still exists, but I just don't think the people who don the mantle of it are rock and rollers anymore for the most part. Are you telling me Post Malone is not a rock star? Because he he's is. telling me he is. I think he is, but I think the definition has changed. Absolutely. Yeah, rock star is not just a star of rock music. A rock star is just like the persona and just like larger than life performer of music. Yeah, I think it's become less of a title and more of uh, an adjective. more of Like an uh, attitude. An attitude, a mantra, you know, mm-hmm. a way of life in a sense, right? Exactly. which is cool. I think it's cool. But the thing is, um, I do think that if we want to talk about modern rock bands, bands that I would say for the most part are breaking even, that are supporting themselves from their music, but really rely on touring and can't really rely too much on record sales and have been impacted by streaming and the uh, sort of switch of the radio stations to the more hip-hop, pop-oriented top 40 playlist. I think Mm -hmm. those are the bands that I kind of want to talk about and kind of shed some light on today because I think those are the bands that are doing fine, living comfortably, Mm -hmm. 
But if they had come out 10 years earlier, 20 years earlier, I think, you know, that they would sort of be living a completely different life. Right. Not saying they're complaining. Right, right, right. I don't know. Just saying that instead of just being talked about on our episode being like hey these bands did well even though you may not have heard of them would be we'd be talking about like it's crazy how there's another crazy great rock band on the radio like we're getting sick of great rock bands on the radio you know yeah exactly so Um, i mean but but before but i think before we even get into specific bands what i want to ask you specifically chris is what makes it rock is it just all you know acoustic instruments in the sense of like guitars bass drums singing and that's it maybe a keyboard is it the attitude like because bringing back like the kesha and uh death eagles of death metal song like they have two songs one of which uh one of which i feel like just because it's got like the you know the the fuzzy guitar tone and like the the big echoey drums that it feels like you're in a big stadium like just because it has that stuff it's still a pop song. Like, and it's not just because it's a Kesha song. It's just the way that it's produced, the melodies, all that stuff. Like it's a pop song, even though it's got all this rock and roll behind it. But on the other side, like if I took stairway to heaven and took all the instruments and made it all like eight bit sounds, is that not rock music anymore? Because it sounds like a video game. Like, is it just techno music now? Like, you know, like what, what are we can, what is it that makes it rock and roll? Yeah, I think, there's or I suppose few... when when does it become not rock and roll? Because it's I feel like it's one of those things where you can't say that this is rock and roll and that's all that rock and roll is. But it's like I can I know when I'm not looking at it. Stop, stop recording. Stop recording. Sorry. What do you want me to answer? <laughs> no, 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 seriously, we're doing this right now. What do you want me to answer? Do you want me to answer what makes it rock and roll or what doesn't make it rock and roll? Both. Like I can't jump and run at the same time, dude. Dude, Jesus. your podcast, Chris. You can you can talk and sing at the same time. I'm convinced. <laughs> okay. All right, sorry you guys had to hear that. Anyways, um, edit point. Edit point. No, that was a, a pre-planned bit. Welcome back to our newest segment, pre-planned bits. It's where we pre-plan bits and execute them on the podcast. Anyways, drones. So what I am, uh, whoa, gonna start with is what makes it rock because I think once we decide one, we'll obviously know what the other is, and that's just what I'm choosing to go into first. And I think those are good questions. I was just kidding. I think it's, it was funny. So with that being said, I, uh, I think one of the things that um, you need to think about is the uh, musicality first and foremost. I think traditionally speaking, all the classic rock bands had the same instrumentation for the most part for a reason. You mean just the instruments they selected to record with? Right. The drummer, okay. the bass guitar, the guitarist, yep. the singer. Perhaps a keyboard its, or a piano or something. Exactly. At its core, at its simplest, sure, they'll bring in their choirs and they'll bring in their orchestras and they'll get creative. And right. as the budgets increase and the labels back them further, they can experiment more. And you go on to get songs like Stairway to Heaven where they're bringing in a flautist. Right. But right. with that being said, I mean, just to sort of, attack it from a very simple and uh, traditional standpoint, I think that's what it is, right? Those core instruments, that core instrumentation. And obviously all these guys rose to the top because they were able to take said formula, but give it their own spin. I mean, there's no way you can tell me that Led Zeppelin sounds like ACDC, same as there's no way you could tell me that Eminem sounds like Jay-Z. Sure, Mm -hmm. they all originate 
from a similar formula, a similar right. structure. They're, they're quote unquote doing the same thing. But they're but. very different. Mm-hmm. And so I think instrumentation is a big factor in it. And I, I also think, you know, um, subject matter. I think a lot of rock bands in the old days would sing about like sex, drugs, and rock and roll, love, mm-hmm. peace, um, that that type of thing. But they all kind of, again, took the same similar approach to the lyrical content, but made it their own. And sure, there have been amazing songs like uh, Pearl Jam's uh, Jeremy, which is um, his sort of reaction to like, you know, violence in schools and stuff. And obviously Mm -hmm. artists get creative and they do their own thing. But for the most part, like the core subject matter, I mean, how many songs can you name about sex, drugs and rock and roll? That's kind of like what's associated with it. That's the mantra, Right. right? That's their motto. Mm-hmm. their mo and so the last thing i think is the mentality and the lifestyle the non-stop touring right all the things that come along with that mantra that we just spoke about mm-hmm. in the older days i think nowadays though it's it's fun because they kind of can party if they want but like so many people are just more and this is like a sign of the times as well concerned with eating healthy on the road and right. uh, getting good night's sleep and mm-hmm. working out and staying in shape and, right, and right. mental health and making sure you're well rested and like right i know crazy, so many people who don't even think about <laughs> who don't even party on tour that are in rock bands personally exactly so i mean that's that's kind of what i think if you want to talk about the spirit or the soul of rock music and also the foundation of it. That, that's kind of what I think. But I mean, it's not just my show. What do you think? Well, <clears throat> I'm going to start by saying I, I think I agree with at least 95% of everything you said. Uh, I think that it is a lot about the attitude and just kind of like how you, pre- <laughs> how you present yourself. Like, cause I feel like it's weird. Like, maybe a good example is like five seconds of summer like they're playing instruments you know they've got guitars they've got bass they got they got a drum drum set drummer you know the whole thing and i wouldn't say that they're making rock music like yeah it's pop pop rock i guess but it's not you know like i wouldn't i mean maybe they're rock stars just because they're huge but you know right. what i'm trying to say like find what rock star is now and it's I don't like it's on, always associated it's like, with rock music Right. It's like on paper, they're a rock band because they have a guitar player and a singer and a bass player and a drummer, but they're marketed as a boy band because it's all like, you know, I don't want to put them in a box or anything, but like, you know, they went on tour with One Direction and then they're, they have a lot of the same fans and all this stuff. And even if they have a lot of fans that don't like One Direction, like it's still, they're still more marketed as a pop band of boys and not like a rock and roll group that's like, what's up we're here to shred they're like what's up i'm luke and i'm the the brooding lead singer who's really good looking and i'm i'm mike and i'm the crazy guitarist who's kind of goofy but also cute you know and it's like i don't think you really like we talked about it with the boy band episode like maybe you got that with the beatles and stuff but like you're not getting that with the rolling stones and no you're not the who and like yeah you hear you know like you're like ooh, keith moon is his own you know personality but it's more just that he's a crazy rock and roller who trashes hotel rooms and that's not a boy band thing that's just he's in a rock band Right. Joe Walsh is a great example of that exactly. as well. And I think that it, it doesn't, because, and I think if you look at that, like, yeah, it was a different time, you know, when like the classic rock bands were the biggest just musicians on earth, as opposed to now when it's like the pop singers and stuff. Um, 
But even you then, like, had the pop singers though, but the rock and rollers right. were able to stand their own next to the Madonnas and the Shares. Exactly, exactly. But I think it's world, like yeah. even back then, like now, like that's kind of what it's talking about. Is like back then they were the popular ones, so like they were the ones on the radio, they were the ones being interviewed, the ones on the talk shows, all that stuff. But it still wasn't, you know, that didn't make it pop music. It was still rock. It was just the most popular. Right, and I think if you go back and you look up, because obviously we weren't alive in the you know eighties, nineties, uh, to be cognizant in the nineties, to uh, you know understand like the right. charts and all that we type of stuff. We didn't have musical opinions in the nineties. I just you know I heard Smash Mouth's All Star on the radio, and that was the first song my parents said I ever reacted to very positively, and uh, that's that's <laughs> as far as it was. It was like, oh, I like the oh, song, wow. I want to sing along. The uh, the little flute. Just for oh, everyone listening, you know, I know. Good. I don't know how well anyone listening knows Chris, and Chris does like to make jokes. But when I tell you that I 100% believe that Smash Mouth's All Star was the first song that elicited a re- a reaction from young Chris, I believe that. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to do a, a podcast defending Smash Mouth. They're getting a lot of hate recently for throwing a show, which was not the smartest thing ever. But hey, you know what? Before that, they got a lot of hate too, and that's what we'll focus on. <laughs> <laughs> Focus but, on that hate, the same hate that Nickelback gets. But you know, like we weren't around to like sort of dissect the charts, but you can go back and look it up. And I did a little bit in preparation for uh, this episode. And it's just mm-hmm. so crazy to see how within the same top 40s rotation you had, uh, for example, and this isn't an exact quote. These are just some artists that come to mind. You had like Madonna, Guns N' Roses, and like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And it's like, right. I just feel like we were... And that was like everybody Everybody was listening to all that stuff. Right. Yeah, exactly. It was just top 40. Like you'd go to the club and you'd hear, you know, you'd hear rock and roll songs. You'd hear like uh, Billy Squire and you'd hear uh, Cher. Like you, you just would, you know, yeah. speaking of my parents, getting some insight, some preparation for this episode. And uh, I don't know what happened to that. I feel like it's a very one-minded hive mind of uh, musical taste in the, in the mainstream. They, they try and pass off and this is no disrespect to them. I actually kind of enjoy their music, but uh, like bands like, uh, or groups that are disguised as bands, which I think is mm-hmm. another big part of this, like imagine dragons uh, to right. uh, be like, Oh, well there's the rock band. They have a guitar in their song, but I, just cause mm-hmm. you have the, I guess, instrument present in the track doesn't right. mean it's, it's all about the application well, something just popped into my head that i think might be part of the Dude. reason why that happened where like obviously music is a business and that sometimes ruins a lot of great things about music uh and i think part of this was that they realized back in the, sorry <laughs> that back in the day you know like Obviously, you had these huge bands and girls loved the members of these bands, you know, like the rock and roll bands. I'm talking like The Who and Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin, all those guys. Um, Those guys were huge. But at the same time, like no one. Yeah, everyone was buying T-shirts. And Andrew, take us back. I'm taking us way back right now. And with the exception of Kiss and all their collectibles, because that's its own separate that's there's many podcasts just about kiss collectibles so <laughs> shout out ex- to kiss my collectibles kiss yep kiss my collectibles this is kiss is excluded from what i'm about to say all those bands like they were selling t-shirts but they weren't selling like a lot of merchandise like you weren't getting a rolling stones lunchbox you know like maybe a couple kids had them but they weren't selling like hotcakes and all this stuff like that like there wasn't a lot of like crazy merchandise people just wanted the music and they wanted the band 
Um, but then at some point you had, you know, like, um, uh, I don't know enough about classic music, but you know, you had your Madonnas and you had your, uh, like your Ricky Martin kind of guys that showed up and all of a sudden, like not only were girls and fans going to the shows and buying a t-shirt, but they want to buy like a poster with this person's face on it. And then they want to buy, uh, like they'll buy a pencil case with, you know, the Spice Girls face on them and stuff like that. And they're like, wait, this other music that's not rock and roll can make us so much more money because just like the rock bands, people want to come see them on tour. Yeah. But then we can sell them so much other dumb bullshit that they'll just love to buy. It's also cheaper to uh, pay for one person's hotel rooms, flights, clothing, makeup. Right. But even, yeah, but even that from a record label standpoint, right. But there are plenty of pop bands that, you know, no, that's true. And, and also I want to say like, you know, you, you brought and up again, like some this, older this, artists. This wasn't a complete thought. This just popped in my head. I just figured that that has to be part of it. What they were that they were like, we can market these pop singers and pop groups easier with more merchandise to more people than we can with these rock and roll bands who are singing about sex, drugs, and rock and roll, which most people don't care about. But there's a large population that don't like that stuff. Yeah, I think it's easier to market a song like uh, Cindy Lauper's girls just want to have fun than uh you know um twisted sisters um uh man what's their what's their one of what, the two come on feel hits. the noise no no that's that's quite right you're right that is a that is a funny one same um, energy same exact energy just so you guys like know I was, I was raised by twisted sister fan but for some reason they always pop in my head when I talk to you because of that guy you know <laughs> I was raised by foreigners, so I I will make mistakes like that a lot on this show. If yeah, I so like, I think it's easier to market um, Twisted Sister. I mean, uh, Tina uh, Cindy Lopper's edit point. Girls just want to have fun <laughs> over Twisted Sisters. We're not going to take it. You know what I mean? That's the and, song I was thinking of when I said, "Come on, feel the noise." Just yeah, for the record, exactly. And so you know, but it's. Also, though, I mean, if you think about why artists open up for bigger acts on tour, that's a part of marketing. And so Cindy Lauper's one of her first tours in the States and a show that my parents were actually at was when she opened up for the stro- uh, not the Strokes. Um, that would be a crazy show. Yeah, that that would be a, a very, a very crazy show. She and, opened and up we'll for, get to the Strokes later. Yeah, for sure. she opened up for Billy Squire. Sorry, I don't know why I was thinking of the... My brain's getting all mixed mixed up. Too many different names. These artists just need to have one name. Just make it easy for everyone. But yeah, yeah so like, like think about that. You know, think, think about that, man. Like that is mm-hmm. such... A, like a rock and roller in Billy Squire. I would say... The times, heavy guitar tones, giant drums. If you listen to any of his records, like The Stroke, or like that, that boom, like the '80s, giant fucking mm-hmm. slapback snare sound, man, it's huge. And uh, then she's just up there, like dancing and doing pop star stuff, like opening up for him, like yeah. you know, playing "Girls Just Want to Have Fun" before it was a hit. And mm-hmm. it's just like I just also think that there was a, I think audiences were a little more open-minded back in the day. I really right. do. For I sure. Think, I think streaming has affected the attention span of art of, of an audience a lot. I think numbers like Spotify showing you, oh, well, this band must be terrible because they only have 5,000 monthly listeners, but this band right. must be great because they have 2 million. I think that right. affects it. And I think playlist popularity... Like, oh, whoa, they got a new music Friday. That's like, that playlist has like 23 million followers. So mm-hmm. if 23 million people think that these songs are good, 
then I, right. why would I think and, they're bad? And that's like part of what I was saying, or I guess goes off of what I was saying too, where it's yeah. like there came a point where it wasn't like the fans are saying, hey, we like this artist and that's why this artist is big because they have the fan support because they're good. As opposed to like, I'm Spotify. I am now the authority of what is good and what is popular. I'm putting this artist in my playlist to tell you that you should listen to them because they're good and popular. And I'm just going to let that band suffer with their 100 monthly listeners because they're not worth it. So you shouldn't listen to them. Right. It's and like it's all of a sudden we're being, we're being told what we should like instead of just finding what we like and liking it. Like us as audience members too. Like it's, I'm not saying it's like a problem with our generation. I don't think right. we want to be a little more closed minded. I don't even think mm-hmm. we realize that's the case for the most part. But I just remember I was so obsessed with the, the numbers for a little while. And especially in our old band, we were doing the pop thing. And, you know, a lot, right. there's a lot of numbers associated with pop. And uh, mm-hmm. it almost becomes like a game and it, it takes away from the, uh, from the create, the creative side of it. And I just, I don't think you could have a tour this day and age where someone as rock and roll as Billy Squire would take out someone as as pop as uh, right. you know, Cindy Lauper. The only thing that that makes me think of is kind of the opposite, which was when Taylor Swift went on tour and brought Haim on to open, which like is still pretty pop, but like Haim, I would say, is still bringing a lot of classic rock influence into the modern pop. Right, but they're still no. pop, though. But they're right. But what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is like that's the closest thing I can think of today to that happening. Yeah. And maybe and there Lopper's, are examples of that happening that I don't know about, but no, no, I, I understand what you're saying. And also Cindy Lauper's first U S tour was opening up for a band called the kinks who did the original version of you really got me. Heard and it's just like, they're like this, like kind of new wavy, but they were from like the seventies and now they're in the eighties, like sort of like, hippie-ish type like rock like with like obviously they all have hooks and they all have choruses and i think that's why artists have staying power and i think Mm -hmm. that's another reason that's another conversation for another day because there's obviously needs to be uh elements of pop in any kind of music if you want to achieve the level of success as all these artists that we're talking about but it's just like so she wasn't opening up for like madonna she wasn't opening up for share she wasn't opening up for you know what i mean she was opening Mm -hmm. up for something that was completely left fielded but it worked and for the most part i mean Hey man, there's no crazy stories of her getting kicked off those tours, right? There's no or, audience rejection. Or, right, exactly. I was going to say that, like the audience being like, what the hell is this? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think it's like our generation's fault because I don't want to blame right. our listeners. And uh, you guys have been sticking with us. I know we haven't been the most consistent. We're back now and we appreciate it. The numbers are, um, they're humbling. So we're, we're people. We make mistakes. We don't always post every day or every week like we say we will, but we, try to and we plan on it and like he said thank you guys a lot because we do appreciate it we do look at the numbers we see those of you who are always listening and thank you so much we love you talk to us more often hit us up on the comments and stuff exactly and and so i think we sort of we sort of established the um where rock was and, and and where it is now but i think we should give credit to some of like the names who I think are doing their best to make true rock and roll in a time Mm -hmm. where it's pretty difficult to get that across to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So for me, my brain goes to bad sons, more specifically their album, mystic truth. And, and so far the few singles off this new record, but obviously, well, these aren't singles for a new record. They were singles that, uh, were, they had extra songs when they were writing mystic truth. That's what uh, that makes so much sense. I love when bands do that. 
and bands. They were just do like, that. we have these songs, and there's a pandemic going on, and we're not going to be touring. So here's a couple singles. Very cool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And and that's just like, you know, that makes me happy to see. Like, that's just good, good fan service, you know? Because I, mm-hmm. I still, even though that record's almost like a year and a half old now or whatever it is, I still jam it all the time. But there are so many other, I think, modern rock bands who need our attention, man. Like, I think if this was, I truly believe that if Bad Sons had put this record, Mystic Truth, out in the 2000s, because it is still very modern, I, I do think that they would be huge, though, like a killer's level. Like, I think it is that good. I think it has... It is really good. It Dude, has all mir- the miracle a mile away. Exactly. I mean, every song. I, we don't even every have to song. get into specific. the whole album is solid from front to back. The piano I mean, ballad whole, at the end. I mean, come on. In my opinion, that whole band is solid from front to back. So it's a record, and I think that's also something that I respect rock bands for doing to this day. They make records. The attention span is also something else that's been affected. Hmm the standard length of a pop song has severely shortened. I don't have the exact numbers on me, but just Google it and you'll find it right away. I think it was four minutes and 30 seconds in 1970. And nowadays it's three minutes. So it's, it's insane, you know, and it's just like, it's all about singles now. It's all about singles, but for so long, the art of music was the album. I mean, sure. In a sense, we're going back to the fifties where they cut singles, but that's only because they had, uh, you know, the smaller vinyls, they couldn't figure out how to get the bigger ones. So that's the only reason why it's started that way. But that's why I respect rock and roll bands too. And I mean, say what you will about this next band, but I, I hated them for so long when they first came out, but it's because I didn't give them a chance. And I also didn't realize how good they could be for the modern economy of rock and roll. Greta Van, oh, you wrote fake. That's messed up. I'm trying to get more confident, man. <laughs> Greta Van Fleet, dude. Greta Van Fleet. I, I'm not saying I'm a fan, but I'm saying I'm learning to at least accept it and and be you happy know, that it exists because you can't change the way your voice sounds. You can't change how you were born. So I'm if he glad, does sound like Robert Plant, he does. I'm glad that you brought that up because I don't listen to Greta Van Fleet. Um, I also haven't, you know, I might get a lot of backlash for this next statement, but I also haven't taken the deep dive into Led Zeppelin yet. Like I haven't listened to all their songs and all their albums and stuff. So, um, you know, I'm not like most people when they heard Greta Van Fleet, they were like, I, this is just like growing up with Led Zeppelin and I'm angry because they're just trying to be Led Zeppelin. So like, I didn't get that reaction. Um, but I did, unfortunately, I'm not proud right, of it. You, but you know what? I'm going to be honest. You and a lot of people I know, like my roommate, I mentioned Greta Van Fleet today when I was talking to him about this episode. And he was like, don't even talk to them on the episode. Don't talk about them on the episode because they don't deserve your breath. Like, I don't consider them artists. I was like, yeah. wow, that's this kind of stuff. And it's funny to think about that because it's like it's it'd be one thing if they were like, hey, here's our band. And they were like and people were like, you're literally taking Led Zeppelin songs and just like changing tiny bits about them and that's fucked up and that would be fucked up because that's just like taking someone else's songs to change them but they're even if they came out and said like we're trying to be led zeppelin these are all new songs so it's like you know you're like you can't say that they're just taking their songs and redoing them or something so it's interesting that just because they sound so similar that people are angry and not excited but doing research on this i found a lot of stuff like that about Greta Dude. Van Fleet that people were so angry, but I have, if you don't want to do it. That's I, fine. No, I have, I, I have like eight tweets okay. here about Greta cool, Van go for Fleet. It, like people being like, this is from last year when, uh, 
like Greta Van Fleet was being talked about all the time on SNL. They got, and, because they got nominated for the Grammy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got people like, um, on a positive note, I noticed that Greta Van Fleet, an actual rock band, will be on SNL on January 19th. They're not really my favorite modern band, but I'm encouraged that they're at least being given a chance. So it's stuff like that. Like, speaking of Led Zeppelin, I'm surprised their little clones, Greta Van Fleet, didn't chart. I wouldn't have minded that. They're not original, but at least they play their instruments and they're an actual rock band. So pretty much Who's the your gist sources of all on these, these tweets, tweets. I think that's important. Uh, well, these are just random people them. brought up um, on Brooklyn Vegan. For, uh, okay, so it comes from a Brooklyn Vegan article. Brooklyn I just never Vegan like to article. not cite things these days. I think there's a right, lot right. of that, and I don't like it. But they won the rock album of last year at the Grammys. And you know why it was important? Not right. because they did the most original thing. I actually can agree with the sentiment of both of those yeah. tweets. Which, like, the when whole, was the last of... time the rock album winning for better or for worse was a big deal? Right, because remember... It? The only thing I can remember for best rock album winning and people being upset was when Lord won it. Okay, it, that was, but that was so messed up. That was. I was the, like, see, that's like, you know, people love to talk about like big industry and 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 I think that they have their agendas and I think it's like, come on, you guys know that's not rock. Sure, it's edgy pop. I will give you that. Yeah. That record's pretty cool, actually. I don't mind that record. It's not right. terrible. I think that that single was way overplayed, but you know, it is what it is. It's it's that's what pop radio does nowadays. And True. so it's just like, and back in the day, who am I fooling? But like, you know what I mean? I'm just trying to accent my point, but we got to be honest. Cause I do get passionate about rock cause I love it so much. And that's why Listen, I wanted to bring attention to this. This topic, is our you know? show, dude, get passionate. That's true. But I can't, I gotta, I gotta uphold journalistic integrity. Right. You know? Well, I mean, that was the the interesting. I thought it was a weird stance to take via all those tweets where they're like, "Listen, I don't like Greta Van Fleet. I'm not saying that they deserve a Grammy or that they're a great band, but I do like that a an act, a quote unquote, actual rock band who plays their instruments is getting recognition and getting nominated and all this stuff, which I totally agree with. Uh, like again, I don't really have an opinion on Greta Van Fleet, but I'm glad I wasn't upset that. Like, you know, they were a rock band being talked about. I was like, granted, no, they're being accused of, you know, being untalented, you know, ripoffs or whatever, but they can play the songs that they're writing. I don't even want to talk about that right now. I just want to talk about like what they're doing for the rock universe, which is at least getting it published by sites like Brooklyn Vegan. Exactly. I I think they have their bias. They like to kind of cover like the Bonnie Vares right. of the world. They definitely, and... they definitely seem to not like Greta Van Fleet seeing as this article is titled 10 modern hard rock bands that are better than Greta Van Fleet. But you know what? It's better than Rolling Stones putting out a giant, like almost op ed on five seconds of summer detailing how they're rock and roll just because of their lifestyle, but not talking about right. the music at all. That and was, I also really enjoy remember, five seconds of summer. Everyone out I there listening. I remember that article being like, who cares? Like this is what college kids do. <laughs> our college, exactly, our, our frat houses now rock venues. Like our frat bros, rock stars, just because no, they stay they, up all the time and party and sleep with girls and stuff. Like they don't listen to that kind of music for the most part. That is not their generation. It's exactly. just, you know, it's so. It's just. I, right. I just hate how it, it was the Grammy being nominated to the. Led Zeppelin clone or whatever you want to call it that mm-hmm. got the rock Grammy some attention. But I mean, at least it got some attention for the first time in a while. And if you listen right. to that record, if you honestly listen to that record, which I did 
I have listened to it once through on Fourth of July with some friends. Mm-hmm. Was that it's from the, from the fires, right? Or was yeah, it yeah, the one exactly. after that? No, 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 from the fires. And and okay. my friend Jeff Greblick was like, dude, like, and he's not even a musician, man. He's a, definitely a music appreciator. He's someone who I always get an opinion on when I write a song because he mm-hmm. like he knows how to talk music. He's one of those guys that like loves music so much he can he knows how to talk it at like a high level and right. understand it like we do, you know. Mm-hmm. But he's just not a musician. And he was like, but do you, do you not understand how it's like important for rock music? And I was like, you know what? You're right. Cause we were talking like Portugal, the man, they kind of sold out a little bit. Although I do love that record. So it's like, I like all these things right. that do sell out. Well, but I also sold, recognize. I want to just say that sold out just in the sense of be going from like rock to pop. Not, we don't know obviously why he made a switch. He could just like those music. You could just right, like that. Exactly. Music, I mean. I'm not saying it was malicious. I'm not saying it was right. devious. I actually really like the record that was like the big mainstream record. Mm-hmm. I think it's right. awesome. We're just talking about how like Fall Out Boy sold out because they were a punk band and now they're, you know, writing crazy yeah. and again, songs. I still like some of the modern Fall Out Boy songs, but I just right. think the radio saw that as an example to be like, oh, so we can get the rock crowd if we market to them and brainwash them to think that, well, this is rock now, but it's not. Right. Right, right, really right. not because then you mm-hmm. have bands like bad sons greta van fleet for example there's this band that i love called band of skulls who are so awesome they're like dude they got that old rock and roll soul man and they are a modern band it's a husband and a wife and they rip dude you never heard of them though right never heard of them yeah let's see how many monthly listeners they have on spotify right now i have it pulled up band of skulls Five hundred sixty-four thousand. Wow. Not bad, but should be way more. If you heard these guys, you'd be like, wow, these guys are at the level of the Black Keys. These guys are at are the level of Band of Skulls. Band of Skulls. Their new record is really awesome. I love it so much. I got to shout it out. I got to pull the name up because I'm terrible with names of things. So I'm typing in on Spotify again. But like, I discovered these guys because I was like, is there any really good rock and roll out there? And you know, the related artist section, I figured I went to someone recent and I was on um, the Rack and Tours, Jack White's, mm. uh, you know, love the Rack and Tours, most recent band. And I just kept clicking and clicking and clicking until I got to the names I didn't know. And then I found these guys and I was like, I'm looking for someone who's active in this decade. And I found I like, their, I like, I like their aesthetic too. They have like the whole design yeah. down and everything. Dude, listen to love is all your love. And by default, it's those are two great records and it's just like they aren't pandering they're not doing anything but they're also i mean just so everyone knows there's a statistic out there right now where 6.5 million spotify streams 6.5 million spotify streams is the equivalent of 25k like that is not that equals twenty five thousand dollars that equals twenty five thousand dollars like is that how is many not seven million, six million, six point five million, is how you get twenty five thousand. So like, think about it. These guys are touring. <laughs> they're they're playing big festivals. They're breaking even, but it's like, that's crazy. It's like, why is there such a media bias? Because I have when there's so like, many. I know kinds of music who, that are great. I know friends who have bands that were, you know, I mean, our band, you know arguably wasn't very big but was bigger than us and they just got to like a million plays on a song that they put out like five years ago so it took them five years to get a million plays and like so that's like they made like four thousand dollars over the course of five years five years which is like yeah and then you have you know like taylor swift drops her album with like 
a 24 hour notice and in a day like each song has 30 million streams so i don't really know what i'm doing here at this point in the episode aside from just like kind of trying to ask our audience to step outside of their comfort zone and that's why i started off by talking about how i was listening to deantwood because it's very different it's very much so a uh, culture of south africa mixed with like what they interpret of our mainstream music and our mm-hmm. rock and roll and our pop and it's it's different but it's interesting and it's good and like I think everyone needs to keep an open mind, you know, like ask yourself, do you like this Spotify playlist because it has 24 million other people confirming that thought? Or do you genuinely like what's in the music? Because there's a lot of talented people who write their own songs, who play their own instruments. And I'm not saying pop people don't, but who 100% build every song from the ground up, like Christo from Bad Sons. Mm-hmm. who are just getting by and it's like, covid you know or like COVID. besides besides their last album uh queens of the stone age pretty much like great rock band that also basically produced their own albums aside from their most recent album right and and you know i would say that they are like the oldest you get of the modern rock i do consider them mm-hmm. modern rock though they were like one For of sure. the few that was able to break right. through and i would say that they're modern rock even though they started in like 2002 or 2000 or whenever they started but i'd say that like if you listen to them you can you know for a fact it's rock and roll just like you know because it is but then you listen to it and you're not like but this doesn't necessarily remind me of a classic rock band because they were doing like you know probably at the time weird things like no one yeah. knows is their biggest song and like if i look at that song like objectively i'm like why would this be their biggest one i feel like there's so many more like easier to follow songs like go with the flow or something but yeah and it's they just, just they, they took were the risk and exactly. sure they played madison square garden but it was opening up for the foo fighters it wasn't headlining i think that's an awesome indication not awesome but for Important. to exemplify my points exactly of where it has where it was with the Foo Fighters headlining to where it, it currently is with uh, you know Josh and the Stones uh, opening mm-hmm. up and it's just like I don't know man so I, I think a really nice way to to wrap this one up is like all I'm asking for is just to be open minded and I think I've said time and time and time and time and time and time again how much True. I absolutely love pop Stood music up. as much as I love you know rock music and and and, and all that type of stuff I just think. Give mm-hmm. something new a chance, especially with this COVID stuff. And maybe right. that's where my head was at, wanting to shine some light on this topic because it's like really hard to make money as an artist. And I just am afraid that if we don't get back to touring soon, we're going to see a lot of these bands have to throw in the towel because mm-hmm. live streams and merchandise can only get you so far. Right. And uh, I think that this kind of like our last two episodes as well are are good because a i would say you know i know it's technically not over yet but i would say this is this is a pretty good episode um but i think what's cool about these these last three episodes including this one is that these um lead to we could lead into much deeper dives obviously this is a big one we could deep dive into and i think that we even have some guests in mind that would love to talk about this too um and you know so if you guys like this kind of episode and want more of this episode, or you want us to talk more about what is a boy band and what are boy bands and are the Beatles a boy band, blah, blah, blah. Uh, or talk more about Taylor Swift or why artists like Taylor Swift get hate, blah, blah, blah. You know, let us know what you want us to dive more into or what you want us to just forget about and never talk about again. Like we want to hear from you. Yeah. And Andrew, you know what? 
you said you had a list of some modern rock bands and I think you'll be able to sift through and take out the rushes and the Lincoln parks when they're thrown in there. We should, I think yeah. we should give some love to some artists right now who, uh, I think if they're in rock, they need more attention, you know, True. I'll, I'll add band of skulls to the list. I think okay. you guys should definitely check them out. They're very much so in the vein of the black keys. I think you guys should check out the night game on the softer side of pop. And that rock is definitely good. You know, it's uh, one of those fusion type artists. Um, there is a little band called the Dead Weather, who I think are a little weirder, yep. a little more on like Dead Weather has some good stuff side of yeah, things. But, it, but, but I've also like, been enjoying them a little bit. So if you like the White Stripes or the Raconteurs or Queens of the Stone Age, you'll definitely like the Raconteurs because a member of each of those bands is in that band. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so they're pretty cool. And it's just like, I feel like more people should know about all these bands I'm speaking about. But do you have any you want to toss in? I know I put you on the spot. So if not, it's um, all good, man. <laughs> well, personally, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would necessarily consider them super modern, but more on the modern side than the classic side. Switchfoot are a very good, underrated, not appreciated rock band. Um, they were just a bunch of surfing dads who got together and said, hey, Let's write some music to surf to. And here we are 20, 30 years later, and they're still kicking it, writing great songs. I think everyone should give Switchfoot a chance because they're great. Um, and then more of the popular side. I know that Third Eye Blind are a huge band, but I feel like people only listen to the self-titled album. Right. And then maybe the blue one, but Out they of the Vein is an amazing people. album. Out mm -hmm. of the Vein is so good. Like... <sighs> Even the newer one, everything, uh, everything is easy. Such a good album. Like people need to not forget about Third Eye Blind and think that they were a '90s like one-hit wonder act, band. Right? Exactly. Like no, they have more songs than just Jumper and Semi Charmed Life. Okay. Right. They're all really good. Yeah, man. No, this was a cool episode, dude. Um, mm -hmm. A little ranty, a little kind of more off the cusp, a little more just like hanging out and chatting, but this is Listen, what we said we were going to do. So I was going to say the show is called Talking with Andrew and Chris, and that's all we did. But like I said a couple minutes ago, we also are good at listening. So we want to listen to you talk to us. What do you like? What do you don't like? What do you want more of? What do you want less of? Who do you want us to try to talk to? Who do you want us to talk about? Like we are, we're here for you. You know, we want to make stuff, but. We don't want to make stuff just for the two of us because why would we be putting it on the internet? So give us some feedback. Yeah, I, I agree. And also, um, I know that uh, we're still kind of brushing off the cobwebs of being in a uh, podcast sure. shape for, for talking sure. with Andrew and Chris, but there will start to be more often and more frequently uh, clips, little excerpts. If you guys, if your attention span is like those Spotify playlisters we like were speaking me. about. We, we will start getting those up. That's a hundred percent. Yeah. Listen, if you're um, like me, if you're so like, I'll own listen, it. I'll there own are people, there are people like Chris who listen to lots of podcasts and can listen to an entire hour, an entire episode of a podcast at once. And that's fine. And that's wonderful. And if that's you, then I love you and keep doing what you're doing. But there are also people out there that are like me who don't listen to any podcasts except one and the ones that you're making. And you only listen to them. 15 to 20 minutes at a time on 1.2 speed so you can try and get through the episodes within a couple days and you know what that's just as fine and just as fun and we love you just as much and we're trying to accommodate that because i'm one of you 
I love, I listen, I have never listened to an entire episode of the Joe Rogan experience, but I have seen so many JRE clips. You would have right. thought that I have been an avid listener of the show, but that's it's how tough. I consume it. It is tough. Joe Rogan is, is yeah, like at a cool hour. I think that's acceptable. Yeah, he's but doing like three. We and also, a half don't have the kind of hours. show that. Joe, like, if I think I have the gift of gab, then I'm sorely mistaken when compared to Joe Rogan. But true, you know, Andrew. What is a few things that we want to leave? people with here today we want to let them know we want to tell them about future plans anything come to mind uh with our show things like that like Mm. you're normally pretty good at i mean this is your show so i don't want (laughs) to step on your toes here i'm just the co-host right 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 that's i'm glad that you said that because i think that there are some people out there still to the main host right that's more accurate. I think there are a lot of listeners out there who don't understand the dynamic of the show, and I'm glad you just spelled it out for them. Um, well, Chris, you know, this isn't the only place where, whether you're listening or watching, it's not the only place to consume this show. If you're listening, guess what? You can watch too. We're on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash talking with Andrew and Chris. Check it out. Like Chris said, we're going to have full episodes, we're going to have clips. I'm sure eventually we're going to have more than just shows and clips on there. We'll be doing fun stuff. We've got ideas. We just need to find the time and the resources to do them all. Uh, and we also want to get back to bringing guests on. But yes. I'm kind of feeling like just the we're gonna be Andrew, guests on. to know you guys type thing. Yes. And we're we're still working it out, you know, by, behind the scenes. Um to try and keep the the feel of the show like this, you know, like an actual discussion and not an interview with guests, as in bringing on, you know, maybe a, a guy who was in a boy band to talk about what was it like being in a weird boy band and now not being in a weird boy band. Like, you a know, great boy band, not weird. Great. I just shut up. I know what you meant. Anyway, we're going to be doing lots of that. So subscribe to our YouTube, like, comment on the videos let us know but if you're watching and you're like you know what i do like looking at andrew and chris's beautiful faces i really do but i also have to get going and i want to listen well guess what you can do that too we're on all of the digital streaming platforms spotify uh apple Podcasts, radio public the one i always forget stitcher google podcasts to name podcasts. a few there's and other ones too if you're there Subscribe and leave us a five-star review. It would help a lot. Please help. It would help a lot. And it's not that hard to do. No, just a few seconds of your time as is going over to YouTube and hitting that subscribe, like, and notification bell. So you never miss when an episode or a clip goes live. That's right. And just because we love you guys and we know that you want more content besides us, Guess what? Like I said, I'm coming out with a new show soon called Anime Forenzu. Keep an what? eye out for that. But also, before that, if you can't wait, Chris is on another show that we also mentioned. It's called Talking TV, and it's at least just as good as this one. At least just as good. So Yeah, I'll keep it short and sweet because this is Talking with Andrew and Chris, but I have another show proudly a part of the Talking Podcast Network called the Talking TV Podcast. You can find it right there. 
any place that matters, and on YouTube at Talking TV. We cover TV shows, movies, films. We host live watch-alongs. We do podcasts where we dissect the minutia, what makes our favorite shows tick, what makes a bad film bad, what makes a good film good. We have a great time doing it. My co-host Dom is, uh, to say the least, a character. And uh, it's been growing really well. We're about to hit 100 subscribers in only four months on YouTube. And that's all because people have been commenting, liking, sharing, doing all the things we hope you would do for this show to that show. And uh, it means a lot. So, yeah, Andrew, I appreciate you giving me that moment. But one last time, let's give ourselves both a moment. People, that's at Talking Podcast. You can find it anywhere that matters. Again, please be sure to subscribe, leave a comment, click the like button on this video. And most importantly turn on that notification bell so you never miss a podcast anime friends you coming soon a new episode coming next monday did i miss anything uh listen to rock and roll stay sweet people stay sweet